the views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merritt, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Good evening and hello again, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk New York here on WGBB in Merrick, Long Island, New York. Bill Donahue here. I'm taking you through the first hour on this Sunday night, the 19th day of June, 2022. It's Father's Day. Our engineer, Brian Graves, is with us. Happy to welcome you aboard tonight. As I said, we got a very special Father's Day show lined up for you tonight. Up first... Uh, we'll welcome in the son of one of the greatest ball players of all time. David Mantle will join us. And in the second half, we'll welcome in a man whose father was a great friend of David's dad, another immortal Yankee, Billy Martin Jr. will join us. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, enjoy the show, some great moments, some great sports memories and folks up ahead. Well, my first guest, he's born December 26, 1955, to Merlin and Mickey Charles Mantle. He has been gracious enough to spend some time with us on Father's Day, speaking about his dad and about life with uh, an American legend as a father. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show tonight, David Mantle. David, good evening. Good evening. How you all doing? We're doing great up here in New York. It's great to, to have you with us, David. Now, I, I, I want to wish every father a quick Father's Day. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody appreciates it, and, and uh, everybody's waiting to hear from you. Now, I had read a story, David, where you were in New York City, and a passerby uh, said something to you like, I thought you were dead. Is that true? Yes. There's a couple of funny things. There's another time, I think we were in Vegas with Dad doing a show or something. Yeah. And he had like a floppy hat on and, you know, trying to disguise himself. And we're walking just down the street. <laughs> and uh, somebody passes by and goes, hey, Nick, how you doing? And he goes, man, how does everybody notice me? I said, it's probably your wimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't get knocked on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> Even disguised, they picked Mickey Mantle out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, uh, of course, if, if, I don't know how I thought I right. said, maybe it's you. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you saw David, folks, you, you'd know, uh, you'd know why the resemblance is really uncanny. Now, summer in the 50s and 60s in New York, David, uh, that must have been, uh, a great time. I, you know, I, I wish I remember a little bit more, but I remember more about when we were in spring training in Florida. But when we did get to get New York, you know, I remember we used to stay at the St. Moritz. Right. And I forgot what floor that was like, but it was, I think, on 30-something. And uh, uh, we would stay there, and I, know, I remember it being in the balcony, and uh, they were like a, uh, it was like a living room, and their room was on one side, and then uh, us boys were on the other side. Okay. Uh, but uh, man, I can remember standing on that balcony looking at the Central Park. And, you know, it's summertime. And, and it wasn't really hot, not anything here in Texas is now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, it was, uh, I had a lot of fun. And I remember one day, I don't know what got into him, but he took all his kids to the, uh, I can't remember what toy store it was, but it was in walking distance. So, uh, FAO Schwartz. So, uh, all I remember was that we walked. Yeah, probably F.A.O. Schwartz down on the corner of Fifth Avenue. That's probably what it was, David. I bet it was. Yeah, that that's probably it, the, the great toy store. And now, you said you enjoyed spring training in Florida. Tell us a little bit about uh, your experience down there in Fort Lauderdale with Dad. Yeah, we spring training up for one thing. Is we only had school from 8 to noon while we were down there for six weeks. Nice. And, uh, you know, we had come back and got back in the routine, but... Uh, I mean, I just, I remember Whitey was down below us, and we were above him at the Gulf Ocean Mile Hotel, and after we'd get done with our uh, uh, school for those hours, uh, I can just remember us all uh, kids getting down on the beach and playing shuffleboard, and uh, of course, you know, Whitey Forge, uh Eddie and Tommy, and then Sally, and of course his daughter, you know, we'd see them all, and then there was a scooter, Phil Rizzuto's son, and golly, his daughters, Penny, uh Kelly, I can't, I think Susie or something is running. I can't remember. I'm yeah. Shouldn't have started it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we just hung around with all the kids and, uh, you know, the wives would be up by the pool just, you know, having fun. And then when, uh, 
if they just had practice or uh, didn't have a game that day. I remember one time that Dad, we were all out on the field, and uh, he came home, and it was still sunshine and stuff like that, and I remember him uh, changing, and then he uh, came back and uh, sat with Mom and us uh, down by the pool, and I need to find that picture again. We had a lot of pictures at one time, and Dad, you know, he, he trusted a lot of people, which he probably shouldn't have. And uh, this was like right about the 70s when the VHS was coming out. Uh-huh. And uh, some guy told Dad that, man, hey, give me all your photos and your, uh, uh, you know, 8-millimeter film and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'll get it all put it, you know, transfer it over to these VHS and you all can it. And we never got any of that. And, you know, of course, when Dad passed away and uh, we just, I don't know where all of our pictures and uh, movies are. It's a sad. Yeah, you never saw it again. Oh, that, that, that's no. terrible. We're speaking. And it's not showing up. That's the crazy no. part, too. There's never been any of it show up. Hasn't surfaced, yeah. We're speaking with David Mantle tonight on Sports Talk New York. Now, when, when uh, you guys were playing a sport, he he wouldn't get out of the car. He'd stay in the car and watch from the road because he'd gather too much attention. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, can, uh, I remember one uh, I was in case playing, uh, I was playing right field. I want to get in the play center. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember uh, uh, the other team got a, you know, the kid got a pretty good hit that, you know, got through the infield. So, uh, you know, I ran up on it and got it. And uh, I was still kind of, not real far out there, whatever, but I guess whoever was uh, managing first base sent the uh, runner second and uh, I threw him out at the uh, second base. But uh, Dad, all Dad talked to me about, that game was, you know, that me throwing a guy out a second. He didn't talk about me striking out three times. Nice. Yeah, great. <laughs> that, yeah, that he brought that up. That's, now, you, you felt less pressure, David, uh, playing football than you did baseball. Less pressure on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, you know, it's like that joke that people said, you can't strike out football. And really, in the off season, when Dad was home, I mean, that's all we played in the back uh, yard with uh, the neighborhood kids and stuff. And Dad would... He got quarterback for both sides, and uh, we just, it seemed like we just played forever until Mom called for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're playing that football with the mix. We did football games back there. Yeah. Now, is there a moment, David, in, in your father's career, his playing career, that stuck out, something that he told you about, or maybe that you, you saw in person? Oh, golly. I tell you the truth, there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, I, but one that kind of sticks out is just, you know, it's still, uh, they uh, did an exhibition game down in Houston Astros. I think they were the Astros. Right. After Dome first opened up, I think it was 68. Uh, that was his last year, and I think that's when the After Dome opened up. Uh, we were all with him, which is, you know, because Houston ain't far from Dallas. And, uh, so we all went down there with him, and, you know, we got to witness the first home run in that newly opened uh, stadium, and, and it almost even hit the top of the uh, roof there, and then went on out of bounds. That's the first home run at the Astrodome was that. Yeah, he did hit the roof, I read. Yeah, that's that's uh, true. I knew, I couldn't really remember. I think yeah. that's going to hit the roof, but uh, <laughs> it still went on. Yeah, it's, it's probably still going down there, David. Oh, yeah. i just like to know who caught it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, man. Well, what a shot. Now I want to oh, yes. I want to talk to you about um, the 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 public constantly hounding the Mick for for autographs, and I know uh, I'm a collector myself. I, I met your dad once at Hofstra University on Long Island, and uh, he signed a nice baseball for me and put number seven on it, and he he was most gracious. What are your opinions now about the memorabilia business? You know, it's kind of funny. You know, I. After Dad passed away, we just kind of left it behind and stuff. But uh, me and uh, uh, and I hang around a lot of veteran friends and everything too. And uh, he, uh, we go to the show every other month here in Dallas. It's in Allen, Texas. It's just a little outside of Dallas. Uh, and uh, we do a show there every other month. And I just sit there and sign autographs for the kids. And uh, he makes up some pins. It's that Lone Star pin. On uh, like Facebook or uh, or Facebook, it's just Rob Mills, and then uh, I think it's uh, Lone Star Pins on Instagram. But you can find them anywhere if you Google it, Lone Star Pins. Okay, 
And uh, but, uh, he he kind of handles that. We just kind of sit there, and I like just uh, uh, have, you know, fathers will still come by. You know, I said you know their little boys will be there, and you know, they get sometimes just sign them for free. And I've got a nice little picture, uh, you know, me, Dad, and Danny. Uh, so you know, I sign those and give them to the kids, and uh, you know, I can give them to grownups. But you know, they start telling their kids, you know, his father was this and that and everything. So <laughs> yeah. it brings back a lot of memories. There's that great story that that I love about your dad, David, uh, where it, it, he told that uh, when he did pass away, that he'd go up to heaven and God would say to him, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Mickey, yeah, you, you, you can't, yeah, yeah, Mickey, you can't stay here because the life you lived and the and the, the your lifestyle. Uh, so you're gonna have to go down below, but before you go, can you sign this dozen balls for me? <laughs> uh, he could tell the jokes, man. Yeah, I think that's where I got part of mine. Uh, 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 joking people around because I, I get, I kind of get a little overboard sometimes. But uh, I remember he loved April Fool's Day, <laughs> and, and he called us uh, uh, me and uh, Marla, my daughter's Marilyn's mother. Uh, we, Marilyn was probably only three or four months old, baby. And, uh, we were staying at mom and dad's house while they were trying to sell it. We moved into it just to live in it with our furniture and stuff. And, uh, he called up that morning and he got me at first, but then he goes, I thought he talked to Marlon. I guess he told me, told him that, uh, hey, I'm sorry, we sold the house and you have to be out in three hours or something like that. <laughs> and she just like dropped the phone and started crying and stuff. I'm going, what? <laughs> I your dad laughing. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, good one. Oh, man. Yeah. We are speaking with David Mantle tonight, son of Mickey Mantle, on our Father's Day show on Sports Talk New York. Now, I, I had read another thing, uh, David, where uh, one thing that your dad wanted to impress upon you guys is to never tell a lie. Oh, yes. He was very, uh, he was strict. He goes, man, just don't ever lie to me. Yeah. And if he finds that you did, he goes, it's going to be worse than what you would have told me at first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, so what, what's I mean, that's it? weird because I always, I, I'd always joke. I said, man, I'll lose like 10 pounds while dad, or 10 pounds while, uh, dad was, uh, you know, playing in the summer in case I messed up or something. And I just got kids are flying home and had to get it over, the punishment over with because I'd lose weight thinking about it for three months. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, so was he much of a disciplinarian with you guys then? Oh yeah, mom, mom wouldn't. And, you know, if we did something wrong, though, she would tell him. Dad was, I think his father was a disciplinarian, but Dad would, uh, he'd correct us. And I remember him telling us one time. He goes, "If I ever catch you boys acting like you're better than anybody else, he goes, I'm going to knock you on your." And uh, right. he meant it. So I mean, and I'm glad he did that. We, uh, and we've been told that you know we. We've been very blessed and stuff, but uh, I, you know, we don't run around and, uh, you know, kind of be, uh, I don't know, like we're better or something. Right. Uh, that's a, a good lesson that your dad taught you guys. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, now, him and mom are just, you know, old Okies. Yep. Okie from Muskogee. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Now, we spoke about spring training, David. Tell us what it was like going to the office with Dad. Going and the office, of course, folks, was Yankee Stadium. What did you guys do at Yankee Stadium? You know, I think it's changed a little bit today than it was back then. But I remember us going there, and sometimes you know, um, some of the other kids might be there too. It just depended. Uh, but I can just remember uh, we'd be in the dug or not the dug out the uh, locker room. And, uh, you know, we'd get like a Yoo-Hoo chocolate drink, uh, you know, a hot dog or something. And we got a couple of Pops packs and, uh, no telling how many good cards we had. Cause like an 80 something mom threw all of our cards away. <laughs> like, so, like every kid's mom, David. Yeah. yeah. So I just hope somebody got them out of the, uh, uh, trash can because I just don't, I just can't believe it. One of Mickey Jr.'s friends, uh, Bobby Cheney, uh, uh, Help mom carry him out, he said. <laughs> That's terrible. I know. Home, I know the feeling. I do know the feeling. Now, now, w tell us about uh, an old timers' day that you, that you might have uh, attended because the Yankees threw an old timers' day, David, like no other team. I mean, 
it, the names and the the uh, faces you'd see at Yankee Stadium were unbelievable. Yes, I tell you what. One thing that was really uh, cool, uh, you know, when we were at the Encounters Games, of course, you know, we got to uh, sit with the all ball other ball players' kids that would come to, and uh, you know, I can just remember us running around the ballpark and. Uh, Probably doing that more than just having fun and not really watching the games. I remember one time Dad goes, I bet you don't even know what I did today. I go, huh? I guess, you know, I hit two home runs in the same game or something. I like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, that, the more or less taken for granted when your dad's Mickey Mantle, that's for sure. Oh, now, yeah. But, uh, it was, it was good times there with him because we'd be with, uh, you know, of course, you know, you could always, I can't think of the announcer's name, but he was there forever. Bob Shepard. Listening to him, uh, you know, say dad's name and number and stuff over the uh, loudspeaker there at the stadium. It was just always so cool. Yeah, that's uh, Bob Shepard we're talking about, David. Yeah. yeah. The immortal Yankee announcer. To, you know, uh, but, you know, also, I, I tell people, I said, you know, because of baseball, you know, I grew up singing the national anthem, so, uh, you know, that's always been a. A thing for me too. I just, you know, like that about baseball. So I pass it down to uh, my daughter and then uh, our Danny's men's kids too. But it was, I always enjoyed the national anthem for some reason. Just nice like the first of the game. Now, now people always comment, David, on on the physical specimen that Mickey Mantle was. Oh, the yeah. size of his legs, the size of his arms. I remember as a kid. Uh, his forearms were like Popeye. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they were huge. Did any of you kids uh, inherit any of that from your father? Well, me and Mickey did, but, you know, as I got older, I was telling my daughter, I said, God, where'd all my muscle go, you know? <laughs> yeah. I not as much as good as I used to either. My back's gotten worse, and so is my left knee. And, you know, I've had surgery on both, and it's just, you know, I, don't, I hope I don't have to have it again, but uh, we, uh, Oh shoot! What was it? Uh, what was it again? I forgot. I got start throwing up my back and stuff. What was the question again? Oh, about his 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 arms and the size of his, his oh, thighs. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I got a good story. Somebody, Go uh, it was one of Mickey Junior's friends, and uh, called me up, and uh, his dad was going to paint a picture of dad. You know, in one of his swing stances. Yeah. And uh, they called me to find out there's that one picture. If you see some, it uh, looks like he asked in this one picture he was going to copy. If Dad shoot tobacco, I said, no. I said, I said, when he got up to hit, he used every single muscle in his body. And I said, that's probably just the muscle in his cheeks, you know, just tensing up to you. Cause you could see his neck where his veins would pop. Yeah, no, I I believe I read somewhere where he went up every time to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, and uh, I still do wish that he would have got that one that hit the arcade. I was going to dag him, just a little bit to the left. Right, yeah, would have been out of the stadium. That that's correct. Now, I think Billy Cook was at that game. One of his first. I think I think he did mention that, David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's true. David Mantle's with us tonight on the program. Now, is there any ball player today or since uh, Mickey Mantle retired that reminds you of your dad? Well, of course, you know, there's Trout and, uh, and uh, you know, a couple of players like him. But, uh, uh, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of bad because uh, uh, and I like George Brett with uh, the Royals. He was, you know, one of my old-timer guys. I like that. Uh, yeah. You know, with the Yankees today, man, I'll tell you what, right now, they are, yeah, and I mean, it's just <laughs> I just kind of read stuff on Facebook and stuff, and uh, I see where they you know they won like fifty out of sixty or something. It said, yeah, and and they're not stopping either. And as a Met fan, it's very distressing, David. <laughs> I don't like oh, to see that as a Met fan. <laughs> hey, did they play this year or have they already? Not yet, no, not yet. But uh, a lot of people talking about a Subway Series in October because they're they're both leading. I think both team. Both teams have the best record in their respective league, so we could have. That'd be fun again. Yeah, we, it could be fireworks come October. Now, one oh, one yeah. fun question I want to ask you, David, is the way these guys today they have the music when they walk up to the plate. What would Mickey Mantle's walk up song be to the plate these days? <laughs> It'd have to be a country western song, right? I mean, that's, that's what I figured. Yeah. What, what, yeah what do you think? I can, 
Billy wasn't used to it. Would Billy come visit and stay with us, Martin? Yeah. Uh, Dad got Billy hooked on country western music too, and cowboy boots and a hat and stuff. So you see Billy every now and then in boots and a hat. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's, it's hard to choose. Now, now the changes in the game since Mickey retired. What would what would Mickey Mantle think about all the, this launch angle and speed off the bat? And as we said, David, Mickey Mantle went up to hit a home run. I don't think he cared about right. He didn't care about analytics and stuff like that. <laughs> no, uh, they just they just knew what how they played when they were young and uh, all that stuff. And thankful that they were playing uh, for the teams they were on and. Just like Dad said, other players said back then, you know, they would have played free. They just, you know, because, you know, they, they almost did. Yeah, exactly. Did. Yeah. Because you remember the amount that Dad got for his uh, signing bonus. You know, uh, his dad had to sign for him at first because he wasn't old enough yet. So as soon as he graduated and was old enough, that's when the Yanks came back and uh, got a contract. But he didn't hardly get anything for a, uh, uh, I can't even think what it is today, uh, Signing yeah, bonus. Signing yeah, right. No, the guys didn't make anything back then. And, and yeah, it, but it, finally towards the end, he did start making 100000 So, And that was real big money back then, David. That, yeah. that was that was big. And, and uh, if anybody deserved it, it was Mickey Mantle. Well, David, I want to thank you so much. Uh, it's yeah, been an honor right. and a pleasure having you on with me tonight. I thank you for taking time out of your Father's Day Sunday evening to spend some of it with us back up here in New York. Oh, man, no, thank you for uh, having us. And I was kind of hoping you had me and Billy on together because, man, we, we, we get some good stories going, too. And get some laughs. But, uh, <laughs> we'll do, we'll do. I said hello and I uh, love you, man. I will. I will tell him that, David, and, and we will we'll get you guys together on a future show. I promise hey, you that. Let's do that. I'm serious. Let's, yeah. That'd be fun. It'd be pandemonium, right? Oh, it will be. <laughs> yeah. All right, David. Thanks again, and all the best to you. Thank you, too. That's David Mantle, ladies and gentlemen. Up next on Sports Talk New York, we'll speak with the son of the legendary Yankee manager, Billy Martin. Billy Martin Jr. joins us. So why don't you just stick around, folks? Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Sports Talk New York on WGBB. I just want to reminisce uh, quickly a bit here on Father's Day. Uh, my father took me to my very first Mets game. And thanks to the folks at Baseball Reference, I was able to locate this game. It was Friday night, July 21st, 1967. The L.A. Dodgers at Shea Stadium versus the New York Mets. Dennis Bennett for the Mets versus Bill Singer for the Dodgers. The Mets lost three zip. Phil Regan got the save. The attendance, 39,612. But I'll always remember the way he used to come up the ramps at Old Shea Stadium, the colors at night, the green grass, the colored lights on the scoreboard, the blue of the Dodgers, uh, the blue of the Mets, unforgettable. As I said, you can look up your, your first game if you, if you want on baseball reference. All you need is uh, a fact or two like the opposition, the general date. Thanks, Brian. 
And uh, I found it right away. Oh, yeah, uh, my father bought me one of those replica plastic batting helmets, and what a treasure that was. I wore it in the yard playing wiffle ball, and uh, that's my story, folks. Well, our next guest, he played baseball and soccer at Texas Tech. Upon graduation, he became a television producer in Dallas before he began representing baseball players in 1992. He is the son of the legendary skipper of the Yankees A's, Rangers, Twins, and Tigers. It's great to welcome to the show tonight, Billy Martin Jr. Billy, good evening. Good evening. How are you guys doing on this Father's Day? Oh, we're doing wonderful up here, Billy. And I just want to, before we start, David Mantle sends his love to you. And uh, I promised him that next time we'll get both you guys on together. And he says it'll be pandemonium with all the stories that will, that will go back and forth. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, that's my big brother right there. A good man, or yeah. One, one of them, absolutely. We had, we had fun. Now, I, I, before we, uh, begin, I want to talk about, uh, what you're doing now. Tell us about your little work, uh, your, your, a little bit about your work. Uh, you work with David Pepe, who is, of course, the son of the immortal Phil. I've had Phil on the program. Uh, pro agents. Tell us about it, Billy. Well, we represent baseball players. Right. Um, which is, <laughs> you know, every level, right? You you, mm-hmm. you advise high school and college kids. You actually become their agent then after they sign. And you represent them from the minor leagues all the way through their major league career. Nice. And okay. It's, uh, it's uh, an interesting gig. It's great relationships. Um, we're not a big firm, so... We're there for our guys, and right? It's uh, it's a grind. It's it's a, uh, it's really tough to make it to have a major league career. Not not just to get there, but to actually sustain it and get to play in an all star game. And, and you know, it's it's a grind, man. Baseball players are to get there. They realize how lucky they are when they look around and realize that only two other guys from their draft class. Are still in the game. Right. Wow. Yeah. That sort of brings it home, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at it this way: less than fifteen percent get one at bat or pitch one pitch in the major leagues of drafted players. Mm-hmm. Less than nine percent have a four-year career. Right. So it's a it's a grind, but uh, look, I love it. I I love the game. It's the greatest game ever invented, and I love being around it. That's what the babe said, Billy. That's for sure. Now, even though uh, Billy Martin is known as a Yankee, as we mentioned in the open, he had a couple of stops before then. What was it like moving around as a kid like that? Hmm. Um, You know, I tell people it must be like being an Army brat. Yeah. Uh, You know, every few years it seemed like we were packing up and moving. Uh, when we moved to Texas in 73, we really liked it here. My father loved Texas. He loved, he became a cowboy, you know. He started wearing the boots and the cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Mickey was here. And so when he got hired by the Yankees, we kept Texas as our winter home. And we'd spend summers in the city, but we'd, we'd come back to Texas for me to go to school and uh, this, this became our home. Interesting. Okay. Now, your dad got hired by the Yankees. I think you were 11, about 11 years old. And then they won the 77 series. Now, that had to be an incredible experience for a, a, a kid that age. Oh, yeah, it was It was awesome. It's funny. You know, I, one of the reasons I can empathize, sympathize with the parents of my clients, I can't tell you how nervous I was as a kid at those games. <laughs> you know, it, it's the most helpless feeling. You're sitting there watching. There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, it just feels like every other hit from the other team is about to go deep. And, you know, your guys are going to make an error on every play. It's just, it, it's, it's terrible. If you, if you notice in big games, whenever they show the families, most of them probably look like they're about to, you know, about to die from anxiety and, and, and pressure. 
Yeah, I can see why. And uh, th- those were some pressure-filled games. Uh, with, uh, no, so the they're, Yankees also, and they're also awesome now. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Amazing series, yeah. Now, I want to talk oh, to you, yeah. Billy, about your dad's Hall of Fame candidacy. Now, I, I talked to a lot of uh, ball players. Nothing good but good things to say about Billy. Uh, even George. N- no Yankee ever has anything bad to say about Steinbrenner. Now, it's kind of a travesty that Billy's not in there already. He, he was kind of the, the gold standard for managers back in that era. Uh, do you still hold out hope for that uh, a veterans committee or somebody is going to come along and see the light? Oh, uh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I don't think there's any way they can't. I mean, come on. First of all, it's called the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, what, was there ever a more famous manager than my father? I mean, no. he was on the cover of Time magazine. He hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh he was in and mentioned in so many movies. I mean, he was recently in American Gangsta and, and Ocean's 13. Um, he, when he was in Oakland. Billy Ball, the yeah. Bill, the billboards just said Billy Ball. Catch it. <laughs> yeah. when, when has the manager ever been the whole marketing campaign for a Major League Baseball team? True. You know? Now, and that's just fame. I mean... You know, let alone the Miller Lite commercials and and you know all the, all the other things he did. But his winning percentage is better than ten of the guys who are already in the Hall of Fame. Um, you can you can make all different cases for he and Whitey Herzog, who's in the Hall of Fame and, and absolutely belongs. They manage the same team. The Texas Rangers. Yes. Why do you manage them in 73? Dad took over in 74, and, and you know, they they were in the, all the way to the wire, almost won 100 games that year. Mm-hmm. They lost 100 the year before, 105, I believe. So, um, head-to-head, Dad managed the Yankees versus Kansas City with Whitey. Whose teams won there? I mean, and I'm like I'm saying, Whitey absolutely belongs. But I think it's going to happen. Look, my father could be, uh, he wasn't out there to make friends, okay? He was all about winning. And so he ruffled a lot of guys' feathers because he treated his players differently. And I watched it. Great example, Ray Yankee in the Yankees in his office in Yankee Stadium. And Gene Monahan, the trainer, comes in his office, and and he and Steve Donahue, the two trainers, are going over the kind of list of injuries. You know, and this guy's hurt, he can't play him at all. This pitcher I'd only use in an emergency. Boom, boom, they're going through everybody. They get to Ricky Henderson. And he says, Skip, I think, I think you should give Ricky the day off. His hamstring's really bad. He's getting treatment right now. We got an off day tomorrow. Maybe we can get this thing right with two days rest. Mm-hmm. So Dad gets up. We walk into the training room. Ricky's laying there on his stomach, getting treatment on his hamstring. Dad puts his hand on his back. Hey, pal. Trainer thinks I should sit you today. No way, Skip. I'm your guy. Damn right, you're my guy. I need you all year. We got an off day tomorrow. I give you a rest today. You get two days off. No way, Skip. I'm your guy. Just let me cruise. Just let me cruise. (laughs) And he said, all right. So I'm going to let you. You better take care of that thing because I do need you all year. All right? And, I mean, you know, and he was, he was like almost hugging him, you know, with the, with the arm on him the way he was. And, And we walked out of there. I said, I said, Dad, that was cool. He looks at me funny. He goes, what? He goes, what do you mean? I go, I just never noticed you show that much love to a guy before. He looked at me and said, pal, they're all different. Some of them need love. Some of them need a kick in the ass. Mm -hmm. And some of them, I don't need to say a damn word to them. But that's my job to figure that out. I don't care if they love me or hate me. 
I just need to know so I can push the right buttons. He goes, the problem for me are the damn, what do you call them, the fence riders. The, the, the guys, I can't tell if they love me or hate me or not. Mm, yeah. You know, it's harder to figure out how to push their buttons. I mean, so, you know, he was pushing Reggie's buttons the whole time. He actually respected Reggie. Was was amazed by the way Reggie could dial it up in the big games, kind of like Dad did as a player. Mm-hmm. Right. And and but he knew he knew he had to in a way keep him down to keep the team together. And because Reggie said some things when he first got there that took some shots, Thurman and some of the other guys on the team. Yes. And. So Dad batted him in the five hole instead of the four hole, six hole instead of the four hole, just to to ag- ag- agitate him a little bit, I think. But man, if Reggie looks back, Dad got the best out of him. Look at the numbers he put up when he was there. Mm-hmm. So true, and uh, that's a great story. Billy Martin Jr. with us tonight on the program. Great story about really the managerial strategy of Billy Martin and he really stood up for underprivileged players and one guy comes to mind uh, in Detroit was Ron LaFleur I mean Ron was in prison Billy uh, took care of him and Ron turned into a great ball player you know my father uh, he had to sign (laughs) he had to sign off with the warden of, of reconnaissance bond, basically, <laughs> you know, if, if, if Ron would have gone to back to his old ways or whatever, uh, Dad would have had to, I think, go to jail too. Oh, gee! But uh, but that was all initiated by a bar owner friend of his, and um, he went to the prison, met him. Signed off for him, you know. Pretty neat. If you ever see the movie, Ron, Ron, Ron LaFleur story, I believe it's called. Uh, right, yeah. That, that's actually in it, and, and it's literally one of the only times I can remember my father being sick. It's, he was never sick. And he, he did that movie and the whole time he was walking around the prison, and that was a real prison with real prisoners. <laughs> um, he, he had about 102 temperatures, so... Uh, that was interesting. But Dad did. Dad had a heart for the underprivileged guy, for for Black Americans. Um, you know, he was Rod Carew's daughter's godfather. I was going to mention um, that, Billy. Yeah, that that's one great story. We had Rod Carew on the program a couple of months ago, and he tells the story about him asking your dad. To be his daughter's god, god uh, godfather, and uh, it brought Billy to tears. <laughs> he loved Rod. Uh, you know, she's a great gal too. I run into her every year at the winter meetings, and and we tell stories. But uh, Dad, Dad, in 1948, my father played for Casey Stengel in the Pacific Coast League for the Oakland Oaks. And Dad volunteered to room with the first black man to play in the Pacific Coast League. And he, they were friends for life, those two. And, and Dad never talked about the stuff he had to deal with with that going on. He was the youngest player on the team, and he volunteered to do it. And it was, you know, something... He took a lot of pride in, and then Casey got the Yankee job the next year in '49. So he then turned around and had the Yankees sign Dad in 1950. Interesting, Casey, and he also had uh, Elston Howard on his staff. Uh, Absolutely. Who was the, fir- the played first? played with Elson. Yeah, the first African American Yankee. The Yankees were one of the last teams to integrate, and Elston Howard, the great catcher, was the man. Yes, sir. Well, think about this: Dad and Mickey would not go in a restaurant that wouldn't serve Elson. 
Mm. You know, but instead of being all political about it or anything, they just say, we're going to stay in here and be Ellie's bodyguards. <laughs> and yeah, I was just trying to make light of it because they didn't want to cause tabloid issues. <laughs> but uh, they wouldn't go in the restaurant. They wouldn't serve their teammate. And that was something, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, you think about this. My father was never the same after he was traded as a player. I mean, everybody asked me, oh, why do you love the Yankees so much? I'm like, hmm, let's see. Well, he came up late in the season in 1950 and won a World Series championship. Mm -hmm. 51, they won a World Series championship. 52, he had the game-winning catch of the World Series championship. 53, he was MVP of the World Series championship. Those were his first four years. Then he went to the war. He got to serve in the Korean War in 54. Ironically, the Yankees don't go. He comes back. Mid-season 55, they go. They lose to Brooklyn. They win it again in 56. And then on his birthday... In 57, he told the guys he wanted to go see their friend Sammy Davis Jr. at the Copacabana Club. Right. And a bunch of bowlers started throwing racial slurs at Sammy. So Dad and several of the Yankees stood up and said, Shut your mouth, or we're going to shut it. And needless to say, a couple bowlers went to the hospital, and my father was traded about a week and a half later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was never the same. It, it broke his baseball heart. He, he played six more years for six different teams and was never the same guy. And Well, it says it, says it all, Billy, on his, uh, his memorial stone up at Gate of Heaven, up the road in Hawthorne, uh, about he may not have been the greatest Yankee, but he was the proudest, and I thought that that was just tremendous. Uh, for, for folks who don't know, Billy is in, as I said, Gate of Heaven Cemetery up in up in Hawthorne. He's just uh, a stone's throw or a baseball's throw from Babe Ruth up on the hill there. And uh, yep. go see Billy if you get a chance at, and, and the babe. I want to ask you, Billy Martin Jr., th there's plenty of stories out there about the boss. I mean, we, we hear the famous one about Ken Griffey Jr., how he was out on the field and George uh, reprimanded uh, Ken Griffey for having his son out on the field. Did you ever have a problem when you were a kid with George Steinbrenner? No. Mr. Steinberg was really good to me. Mm -hmm. um, I did I, I did an internship for the Yankees when I was in college at Texas Tech. That's right, yeah. He, he called me into his office at the end of it, and, which, you know, was kind of scary. <laughs> and anybody yeah. called in Mr. Steinberg's office. <laughs> but uh, he, was, he was very complimentary. He said, everybody said you were... You were better than anybody thought you could have possibly been, and I want you to know you have a job offer for life from the New York Yankees. Wow. And that's, I, I love the man. I mean, he's, you know, it's funny. People say, oh, you should hate him. He fired your dad five times. I say to them in retort, he hired him the exact same amount <laughs> and, and gave him a raise every time. And most people don't know that. My father had a lifetime contract with Mr. Steinbrenner and the Yankees. And, and Mr. Steinbrenner should be in the Hall of Fame. Another one. If there's ever been a Hall of Fame owner, that's one. I mean, who, it's funny because they had a true love-hate relationship. You know, my father was born in the docks in Berkeley, and he was so poor, he literally had to steal fruit from his neighbor's fruit trees to fill up his lunch sack so he looked like he had a sack full of lunch when he'd go to school with his mustard sandwiches. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Cameron, on the other hand, was born the son of the American Shipbuilding Company owner. and But people don't know his story. George chose to go to a military academy. Think how much he got hazed as a millionaire son 
going to a military academy. But he graduated with our, with honors and chased after his own dream. He coached high school football for two different schools, then moved on to college, where he coached college football at Purdue and Northwestern University. And those are decent schools. Yeah. And, and then his father got sick. And he had to leave his lifelong dream and go take over the family business. And he took it to new heights, to levels it had never been to. And with all that extra money, he started looking for an NFL franchise to buy. None were for sale in the early 70s. The NFL was blowing up, and he stumbles across the Yankees, who CBS was selling for $10 million. Think about that. Yeah. For the, for the price of a good utility infielder. Um, <laughs> they, they bought the Yankees. And with an interesting group with John DeLorean and several other people and talk about a businessman. Guess how much of George Steinbrenner's own money he used in that ten million? Hmm. Probably almost 100, all. One hundred and fifty five thousand. Oh boy, I didn't know that, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> and was and was principal owner. Uh yeah. <laughs> That's a quality businessman. I mean, anyways, he, you know, people thought he meddled too much in baseball. Think if he'd have bought an NFL franchise. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but if you step back and look at it, don't you want an owner that wants to win like that? That, that it matters that much? That he may even make the wrong decision every now and then, you know. Should he have fired my father all those times? Absolutely not. But you don't get to where George Steinbrenner was sitting on your hands. And you know, my inside joke always was I wanted Dad to go to Boston after he fired one of those times. Just go take the Red Sox to a World Series. And oh, boy. If you ever go back to New York, the, the Yankee fans would never have let George fire you, ever. <laughs> that's right, Billy. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Let me ask you, Billy, before we go, we have a couple of minutes left. Speak speak about some of the players that uh, your dad managed. How about Thurman Munson? No. Uh, I really don't think I ever saw a more respected player by his peers than Thurman. And I mean, he and Dad had a really cool relationship. I mean, it was almost like Dad and Joe D were. I mean, they, they were just they were so comfortable just hanging there, sitting there together. They didn't even feel the need somebody had to talk all the time. You know, um, he was so clutch, Thurman. Just seemed like he could freaking slap one to right in his sleep, <laughs> yeah. especially in a big game. Always played hurt no matter what. I, sadly, I was with Dad the day we found out about the accident and everything. We were fishing in New Jersey. It was a terrible day. We were not catching anything. And uh, a police officer had a bullhorn at the dock. Billy Martin, to the dock, please. Billy Martin, to the dock. I remember Dad looking at me. What'd I do now, Pard? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> we go to the dock, and there's actually a second cop car there, and uh, he got in with the officer, and they drove off, and I asked the other one, what's going on? He told me, he said, "We're taking him to, they're taking him to a phone where he can talk to Diane Munson because Thurman just passed in a plane crash, and they didn't want him to hear it on the radio. Mm. And he was crushed, man. We went back to his apartment. He he cooked us a steak. Part I got to go out. I'm like, Dad, you can't go out tonight. Somebody's going to say something. You know, somebody you can't. 
you're too tense, you'll snap tonight, you're mm-hmm. in too much pain. He said, you're right, I made him a drink, I made him a shell of some soda, he didn't even touch it. We, just, we watched two John Wayne movies and he cried, who knows how many times, and it was, he loved Thurman, he absolutely loved him, matter of fact, I was taking ground balls the day before, they, they were not, the team wasn't playing good at the time, and so Dad made him practice on that off day in the morning, and one of the coaches was hitting me ground balls at second base, and Thurman was standing with my father, and he, and he said to my dad, I can't wait till I can look at my son and see me in him the way I see you in Billy Joe. Oh, boy. Yeah, that stuck on that hard, man. I mean, that was, yeah. Quick before we go, Billy, one sentence, analytics with Billy Martin. What would he say? (laughs) He would have absolutely loved having all that extra information wow okay but he still would have acted by what his gut told him to do in every situation he would not have always followed analytics he would not have always followed what he thought he would have taken it looked at it thought about it and then made his call outstanding well billy martin jr thank you for taking time out of your Sunday, uh, your Father's Day Sunday, to spend it with us back here in New York. I really appreciate it, Billy. I enjoy it very much. And Billy Martin III, my, my son, has just embarked on his umpiring career in the last two weeks. Outstanding. And he may, and he may be going to take it all the way because he wants to become the first umpire to kick dirt on a manager. <laughs> Great win, Billy. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it, guys. That's Billy Martin, Jr., folks. That'll do it for me tonight on Sports Talk New York. I'd like to thank my guests, David Mandel and Billy Martin, Jr., my engineer, Brian Graves, and you for joining us. See you next on July 3rd. Alana Rizzo from uh, MLB will be with us. Till then, be safe, be well. Bill Donahue wishing you a good evening. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.